Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And today I have the pleasure of having with me Dave Hess. He is the Vice President of Consultant Development at Financial Planning Ministry. Financial Planning Ministry is one of our partners here at CSN. They focus on helping people with estate plans and work primarily through churches and nonprofit ministries. Uh, But I'm going to let Dave tell you about that, tell you about everything that they do and some of the wonderful things that they're accomplishing through this wonderful ministry. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Leo. So good to be with you today. Well, I'm so glad that you took the time to be with us to really help us understand this topic a little bit deeper. And really, the audience that we obviously cater to is church leaders and stewardship leaders. So I really want you to talk to them. Uh, And let's start with the basic of just making sure we're talking about something that everyone understands. What is planned giving? And why should a church even think about doing a planned giving ministry? Certainly. Well, planned giving is really just the idea that I'm going to make a decision today to designate a gift that I'm going to leave in the future when I pass away. It's just that idea that down the road, I know I'm going to be gone and my assets are going to need to go somewhere. Some of those I'm probably going to leave to my family uh, and maybe other organizations, but I certainly want to think about how those gifts can be planned in in the future. Yeah, The idea that the church would be interested in this is really kind of a Uh, maybe a newer concept to many people. You know, we think about the church operating and ministries operating and being funded by their members. But a lot of times people don't realize that one of the largest gifts they could ever leave to their ministry they're connected to would be from their estate when they pass away. So certainly incorporating planned giving is an important tool that churches and ministries can be using to not only help their members get their plans put in place, but to think about impacting the kingdom uh, in the future through generosity. Yeah, so true. I think so many people, uh, first of all, we know the stats that many people, a large majority, don't have an estate plan, have no documents that's going to tell their family how they should manage their assets after they're gone. But more importantly, even Christians obviously fit that that demographic. They don't actually do this. But how many Christians would actually give to their church, right? They love their church. They're giving to their church. How many of them would do so in that process of creating documents. And yet, if they don't have them, what's the likelihood that they'll actually do that? Well, as you you indicated, a large number of people don't have an estate plan to begin with. National surveys tell us that about 65% of adults across the country don't currently have any kind of estate plan. So that means a lot of families are at risk of letting the government make those decisions for them. Uh, We find that on average, uh, again, other statistics tell us that only about 4% of people leave a gift out of their estate uh, unless they've been asked to do so by their church or by whatever ministry they're connected to. So there's certainly an opportunity there for church leaders, ministry leaders to think about encouraging their members to use planned giving as a way to remember the kingdom in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, I can share a personal story because when I first did an estate plan, a a local attorney uh, in our our area uh, did it for my wife and I, and he never asked us about a gift. 
it wasn't part of our conversation that, hey, do you want to leave a gift to anyone, a charitable organization that you're supporting right now, which we were, your church, uh, that was never mentioned. And, and that's interesting to me because I know he was a fellow. In fact, he went to the same church I did. But that's pretty typical, isn't it? I mean, that that's usually the way it goes. Attorneys will do this, but yet their mindset is not charity. It's just to provide these documents, which again, it's not faulting them. They're they're focused on helping families have an estate plan to avoid probate and avoid all the, the consequences that come with not having an estate plan. But then charity isn't really part of that. I mean, do you see that in typically when you're dealing with people as well? Oh, yeah. Examples of that over and over again, when, when members decide to work with us and have us help them, they already, might already have some kind of a document. Maybe they have a will created in the past, or they might perhaps have a trust. But uh, they they tell us over and over again, well, you know, our person that helped us, our attorney or whoever it was, they never ask us those questions about leaving a gift to our church or a ministry we're connected to. So uh, we find it's just not something that uh, people are really thinking about and don't realize that that opportunity can be presented to them. Yeah. And, and you just said it the right way. It is an opportunity for them to do something that's probably already in their heart to do. But without this opportunity, they just may never do it. Uh, I know that even though I was a stewardship pastor at the time, I did not have an estate plan. And I would have loved to have given to my church. If somebody would ask, hey, when you pass away, would you leave something to your church? I would have been like, yeah, but I had no plan because I hadn't created one. So uh, so grateful for financial planning ministry, because when you guys came in uh, at the church that I was serving at, and offer that, that was one of the questions, like, what do you want to leave and to whom? And my wife and I, of course, we're uh, charitably minded toward our church and other ministries. And so that to us was, uh, yes, of course, we want to leave a certain amount to our church. Uh, and we had an opportunity to do that, and that's still in there. So so let's talk about the influence of FPM. How do you guys help churches? Really just kind of go into why does FPM exist? How do you serve churches? What is the main focus that you guys have? Well, our ministry, which was started a little over four decades ago, was created as a way to not only help members, individuals, and families put together their estate plan to protect their families, but to also be able to fund the kingdom in the future. Uh, the ministries that, that started this work together, there were five uh, para-ministries that got together and said, how can we help our members do these things? While having that kingdom perspective and thinking about generosity, they wanted to be able to use these tools to help families do that. And so that's been the focus of our ministry all along is to educate families and individuals on the processes, the tools that are involved in estate planning, and then walk them through the creation of their documents to do exactly that, to provide for their families, protect them in the future, and also allow them and enable them to leave gifts to the kingdom or other charities that they might be connected to. So that's really been the focus of our ministry during our entire existence. Yeah. So it's it's fundraising mainly. Obviously, you provide a great service, but the focus is to help people have an opportunity, as we said earlier, right, to to fund kingdom ministries, which is obviously their churches or other ministries that they already love and support. All right. Well, Dave, let me just kind of brag a little bit on you guys. FBM has really grown. Uh, I've known about you for probably about 13, 14 years now, but it's really grown over the last three, four years exponentially. So why don't you share some stats on how much work you guys are doing how many partners you're serving? What does that look like? Because I think people sometimes don't understand the breadth of FBM and and how they're able to to help churches. So talk about some of the stats that you guys are experiencing, especially in this last six months or so. Sure. Yeah. So in uh, you know in previous years, as I said early on, when the ministry started with five partners, 
Uh, we were focusing our work primarily just in the area of California, where our office is located and where those ministries were, were created. But now over these uh, 40 plus years, we've spread all across the country. We have about 40 professionals that serve on our team. We create documents in every state across the country. Uh, last year, we did about uh, 500 events. We do both in-person seminars and online webinars. That's the process that we use to educate families and individuals on the processes and tools. And, and then we conduct appointments with those individuals who may want us to help them through that process. This last year, or, or rather this year, we're on pace to do about 6,000 new estate plans for families. Uh, we've assisted more than 46,000 families in the past to do this work. We have nearly 160 ministry partners. Many of them are churches that you would recognize across the country, very large para-ministries that we're partners with, colleges, uh, other nonprofits all across the country. So we work in almost every area of, of philanthropy within the within the evangelical Christian community that you can think of. Mm. Uh, we've got, uh, again, a team that's conducting events all over the country. We're doing them all the time. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. But uh, in the future, we're going to have some other tools that are soon to be released that will allow families to do some of those things on their own. They can watch videos at home without having to attend an event in person. Uh, so a lot of tools, a lot of technology that's coming down the road to help us reach even more families in a lot of different ways. That's great. I think one statistic that you didn't share is, and if you can share this, what is the amount of generosity expressed through these 6,000 on pace for 6,000 estate plans this year? What does that look like for the first six months? How much will go into Kingdom Ministries because of the work that you guys are doing? Well, you might be surprised to know that right now we are generating on average more than a million dollars a day for kingdom work. Wow. So by the end of this year, we will uh, this this year alone will be more than three hundred and sixty five million dollars. Uh, our total so far is is getting very close to two point five billion dollars uh, in kingdom gifts that have been designated through estate planning. So the the impact for the kingdom in the future is just going to be incredible. Yeah, what I, what I love about that stat is that when you really think about as many members that you're serving through different the different church partners and ministry partners, is that these aren't like one large gift of you know ten million dollars. These are small gifts from small estates or medium sized estates, and everybody is giving a little bit. And I think that's really a kingdom principle, right? Everyone is is to give in proportion to what God has blessed them. And I love that you guys are are doing this ministry and churches and ministries will be funded for years to come because you gave people an opportunity to be generous, to think about the kingdom, to not just think about the here and now, but what's going to happen after they're gone. And I love what the expression of that is and how generous people are responding to uh, to this opportunity. Well, let's talk about how would you talk to a church leader especially like a stewardship leader, if there is a ministry already at the church or one that they're thinking about doing this, how would you encourage them to consider doing estate planning? Why is this important to the discipleship, to the resources that the church is providing for their members? Well, as churches implement tools to train stewardship concepts and, and generosity concepts within their church, you know, they might use programs in the past, you know, such as some of the Dave Ramsey courses that were offered or others that have come along. And so those are those are certainly great tools to help families get focused on getting their budgets in order and thinking about stewardship and generosity. But uh, we want to, again, be able to help people put their estate plans in place because they don't realize the impact of what will happen to not only them, but to their family if they don't have a plan in place. 
Uh, the government's going to use their own laws, their own rules, referred to as intestate succession, to determine where most of your assets will go. And so as Christians, we want to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with. And if we don't put our own plans in place, we miss that opportunity to honor God and honor our family through those processes and tools. So we want to think about you know, being able to offer those kinds of, of processes and tools to the families within our church. And FPM has a couple of different ways that we do that. Some of the churches that we work with are not necessarily partners of our ministry, but they might be connected to one of our other para-ministries. For example, uh, could be World Vision or Christ in Youth or Young Life, any of those national ministries you might be familiar with. So we do go to churches that are smaller and conduct a seminar or webinar for them uh, with a partnership with one of those other ministries that we have. But many times larger churches... Uh, are able to partner with us directly. And, you know, two to three times a year, they'll offer either an in-person seminar or a webinar. And we come to the church, we can do the, we do the educational piece that we talked about. It's about a 70 minute or so seminar that we explain all about probate and wills and trusts and all the tools that go along with that. And then we set up appointments to meet with families that, that want to move forward with us after that. So our partner ministries provide those opportunities for their members on a kind of a regular scheduled basis. And then we we assist those families to then put together their estate plans and, again, encouraging them to be generous to their home church, other paraministries, other charitable organizations they might be connected to. Well, I do hope that you're enjoying this conversation, and we're going to come right back to it. But I want to take just a minute to introduce you to one of our ministry partners. CSN's ministry would not be possible without the help of our partners, and frankly, we wouldn't want to do it without them. What they offer to churches and church leaders through services, content, and resources that they have is invaluable to building a healthy stewardship ministry and helping their people to become good stewards and generous givers. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Financial Planning Ministry. FPM exists to fund ministry by educating families and facilitating generosity in planned giving. We serve over 150 ministry partners and their community of members who are all part of God's kingdom. Organizations include Christian churches, universities, evangelistic associations, funding and lending institutions, missionary organizations, retirement homes, and youth camps. Through the promotion of Christ-centered stewardship and responsible estate planning, millions of dollars have been saved from probate and over $2.3 billion have been directed to Christian charities through plan giving. Learn more at fpm.org. How are you guys unique or different than, let's say, other services that are out there? What what makes you a ministry rather than just a service? Well, there are lots of organizations, uh, businesses you can find even online today that have crept up kind of in the last several years. COVID, I think, made many more people aware of our mortality, reminded us that, you know, uh, you know, this world is not our home. We're just passing through, as the old hymn used to say. And uh, but so there's a lot of different organizations out there. Some have been around for a long time. Some have been around, you know, for a fairly short amount of time. But FPM is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. Uh, our goal is not to operate as a business. We're not a law firm. We don't have a, you know, a for profit that we're trying to do. And so we are we are kind of what we call a plug and play process or one stop shopping, if you will. Uh, we will go from the educational piece all the way through to creating documents for people 
and then following up with them, helping them understand how to connect their assets to their trust if they create a trust or how to make sure uh, their documents have all been executed properly. So uh, you'll find other organizations out there who might come in and offer a class occasionally and then try to connect you to a local attorney. Um, those kinds of things go on. But uh, our ministry is designed to help the members through our partners. And we do that work at no cost to them. We don't charge them out of pocket for the work that we do. Uh, we just simply encourage them to be generous out of their estate back to that ministry partner uh, through the process that we assist them with. So that's that's how we're different. We're not a for-profit. We don't charge fees for our services to those people that are, you know, want to be charitable and, and generous to their to their church or their partner. Yeah, I do like that one aspect of not charging people because I think the the greatest barrier for most people to create an estate plan is the cost. It's one of the big ones. And not having to worry about that, it's like removing a barrier for them to actually take action. And so many people think they have more time. So they they delay or they procrastinate because they think, well, it's going to cost me X amount. So I'm just going to wait until later. And then later may come unexpected. And so I, th I really like your model simply because it allows people to, to do it without, you know, you remove barriers in the model you have for people to go ahead and do it when they know they should. Right. It makes sense when they go to the uh, the education side of the, the process, they understand what it is. They understand the consequences of not having a plan, what probate is going to do to their estate, all of that. And then they want to take action. But if the next step is, oh, it's going to cost you X amount, they're usually hesitant. And I love the model you guys have because it does remove that from them. And there's no reason not to move forward. Uh, and that's I think that's a great thing. Yeah. People they, don't often understand if you go through the probate concept, you know, when you pass away, if you don't have documents or even some of the documents you have are going to involve probate to some degree. And that's where the local court gets involved in helping settle your estate. And we find nationally that about six to eight percent of the value of your assets that go through probate, that's going to be the cost of that probate process. Mm. And that could be thousands and thousands of dollars, even tens and twenty thousands of dollars for people, for families. And so we teach them how to avoid that probate process, the documents that we can create for them. Uh, and in turn, because we've saved them those funds, we encourage them take a piece of that, a slice of that pie and leave that back to your church, either as a percentage or a dollar amount gift from when you pass away. And so you're able to get your documents created. We assist you through that process. Doesn't cost you anything out of your pocket. You've done something good for your family. You've done something good for the kingdom. And uh, we just find that that's that's a great way to assist families. Yeah, I love that because you're, you're helping them to save not just the the headache and the time and everything that comes with probate, but obviously the cost of probate. And if they just took a percentage of that and gave that to the charity they care about or the church they care about, um, they're actually saving in the long term and they have no upfront cost. So it's, it's a great model. Well, Dave, I know that you guys do an orientation for either partners or potential partners. So let's talk about that because I think this is something that is very unique to your ministry that you offer kind of a behind the closed door view so that people know what the process looks like. So I really want you to kind of dig into that, help people understand what this orientation looks like, why you offer it, so that people are more aware. If they're considering FBM or considering estate planning in their ministry, tell them what they would learn from this and potentially how they can even uh, attend if they, if they have the time. Sure. So a couple of times a year, once in the spring and once in the fall, we conduct what we call our virtual FPM orientation. Uh, this is done as an online, as through a Zoom process, and uh, we send out links to people that are interested in partnering with us. 
Some of the people who attend are might just be thinking about partnership. Some of them might be a little closer, or perhaps they've done an event at their church in the past, and now they're thinking about moving into partnership full-time. Some of the people who attend are already partners, and just maybe they've got some new people on their staff, and they're trying to get reorientated with FPM and get set up. So this uh, this event is run for about four hours. It starts at 8 a.m. and runs until noon Pacific time. And uh, we, we walk people that attend this event through kind of the, as you said, kind of behind the curtain peak of what goes on with internal processes within FPM. Because a lot of times when you're at a, at a local church or a local partner, you only see us when we come into town, we do the seminar, you might have had an appointment, but you don't really know what are the nuts and bolts that go on behind the scenes. And so we want to take some time, walk, walk those potential partners and current partners through our process start to finish. What does it look like? How do we create documents? Uh, what does that team look like? What does that process involve? Uh, we're, you're going to be introduced to our executive leadership team, Mike Pryor, the president of our ministry. Clay Perkins is our executive vice president. They will always be on those calls. Uh, you'll may meet Grace Grubert, who's our chief operations officer uh, and our CFO. Uh, they explain, again, all the funding models that go on with our ministry, how, how do partners fund our ministry, what does that look like. We usually have a, a guest speaker that's there. It's one of our partners who's been working with us for a long time. In this particular case, coming up in September, Chris Goulard from Saddleback Church is going to be our guest. And Chris is really great at sharing how Saddleback has implemented FPM through partnership and how they've leveraged all the tools that we provide. Uh, they've been with us for a long time. They've they've used a lot of different kinds of processes with us. And so Chris is really great at sharing uh, some ways to use all of the things that we provide to those potential partners. He'll he'll spend some time answering questions. So there's some live interaction with the people that are online watching. And even as a side bonus, we'll buy you lunch. So we'll send you a little DoorDash link or whatever uh, food option you might choose so that you can get a home delivery there at uh, and eat lunch with us, if, depending upon your schedule, where you're at. So even if you couldn't spend the entire four hours with us, if you can only carve out an hour or two, or maybe three, it's still a very productive time to, to really get some insights into how FPM works and what we can do for you. And if someone is interested in checking that out, you'd like to come and find out more about partnership, you can either get a hold of me. Uh, my email address is dave at fpm.org, or you can always call our office at 800-871-4901 and ask to speak to Liz, and she'll be able to get you connected up with the link that you need to register. So we send you a link to register for that event. It's not something you'll find on our website. It's not uh, free flowing out there for people to just go grab. We do that kind of by invitation. So let us know if you're interested in that. We'd love to have you take a take a peek at all that and find out more about partnership. Great. I, d I do encourage the orientation. It really is a, a process of really helping potential partners or even existing partners really understand all that goes on behind the scenes uh, that FPM uh how it operates and how it serves people. And I think it's a, a wonderful way to understand not just the service that they do, but what's involved in actually having an estate plan. Dave, what would be a an ideal partner for financial planning ministry? Because I know you guys work through partners. So how do you guys decide who's a partner, who's not a partner? I think this is an important one because there are people out there, churches out there that are considering this. And so help us understand like, from a long-term perspective, short-term perspective, what does that look like? Uh, so that the people that are potentially thinking about this can understand how you guys think about a partnership. Well, one of the important aspects we want people to think about planned giving and partnerships with FPM is this is not a short-term fundraising campaign. 
So if somebody's trying to build a building and just get a couple of million dollars together for that, uh, that's not really what planned giving is all about. Remember, planned giving is setting up or making, deciding to have a gift. You're going to determine that today that's going to happen in the future. So planned gifts sometimes don't show up for 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, depending upon the age of the members. So as we talk to potential partners, we want them to understand that. Uh, you know, there are capital campaigns, there are seasons of fundraising that are going on, there's ties and offerings you're collecting. Plan giving is a different component of stewardship. It's not the same. And so we always want partners to think about this is a long-term uh, kind of process that we want them to understand. Now, when we look at potential partners, particularly from a church perspective, usually about the time a church might be getting to 15, 16, 1700 in their weekly worship attendance, they might be thinking about maybe this is something that we could do as well. Uh, most of our partners tend to be, you know, maybe 2,000 plus members uh, on a regular attendance, whether that's, you know, people you're reaching in, in person or maybe even online. For other organizations, it might be, you know, ministries that have budgets in excess of a million or two million dollars of, of income that they have. That's really when a planned giving program could be something that they would think about, you know, making a part of their their ministry. Yeah. But the key thing, I think, is that it is a long term horizon, right? It's it's thinking about the next generation of leaders, right? If a church started 15, 20 years ago or five years ago, what's it going to look like 30, 40 years down the road? And it really is about not just having the ministry, but thinking about the next set or the next generation that's going to take over. And it's making sure that the church is going to be around for a long time. And I think that's an important distinction because so many churches and church leaders, because I used to be on staff, and I know you're so busy just thinking about day-to-day, -day, how to make it through another year, how to continue to, to deal with the challenges of, of church growth and all of that that comes with church life. But it's so hard to look 30 years down the road and say, what's it going to be like for the next senior pastor, right? If you're the senior pastor that started the church, what's it going to look like for your, you know, your replacement, right? I know you don't want to think about it right now, but someone will eventually come along and take your seat, so to speak. And wouldn't it be wonderful if, like David did with Solomon, you would be able to, to fund the work that that person is going to be called to do? Because God wants to do that through his people. And what a wonderful thing would be if people today would fund the ministry 30 years from now. Um, I think it's a kingdom principle, and I think it would really be wonderful to see more churches uh, grab onto that so that churches don't live and die within the age of the the founding pastor, but uh, really go on from generation to generation. Yeah, there's an old proverb I remember where it talks about, you know, how blessed is the man who who plants trees today when someone else is going to sit under their shade in the future. Mm. And uh, that's that's part of what plan giving is all about. Yeah, that's great. Well, Dave, anything else you want to talk about before we end today? And also let people know how they can learn more about FBM as you as you close. Well, I just always want to remind people, and we always do this in our seminars, you know, even if someone wouldn't ever choose to work with FPM, uh, whether you go and have a local a local professional create documents, you create documents online, we would always encourage you to think about stewardship. You know, you might not be asked that question by the person helping you, but hopefully in your own mind, you've thought about how can I leave a gift to my church or my ministry in the future after I'm gone? So always keep those stewardship and, and uh, generosity perspectives in mind as well. Uh, as far as FPM is concerned, we'd, we'd love to talk to you, answer questions. Uh, if we're not a good fit for you, you know, maybe we can help you get pointed in another direction where you could find somebody who, who would be a good option for you. So our goal is, as we always remind people, the third word in our name is ministry. That's what we're all about. 
And we want to help people. We want to help ministries. And so that's that's been our focus for, for, for more than 40 years. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you do and the many churches and ministries that you're serving. And I know you're going to continue to do that well, uh, as you have been all these years. Thanks for taking the time to uh, educate us on essay planning and helping us understand it better today. Thanks, Leo. Good to be with you today. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Stewardship Leader. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, please share it with someone you think would also find it valuable. If you've not yet subscribed to our podcast or left us a review, please do so. This will ensure you're automatically receiving the latest content we produced and will also help others to find this podcast. If you want to know more about CSN and how we can help you and your church create a culture of good stewardship and generosity, go to our website, christianstewardshipnetwork.com. There you will find many resources, our events, and how you can become a member of our community. We'd love to be in your corner, helping you and your church develop and implement a thriving stewardship and generosity ministry. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader.